friends. Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am Angelica Yard. And I'm Charisma O'Keefe. And we are here every Thursday talking to you about entrepreneurship, business, balance, and so many other things. Um, we've been podcasting for about, are we at six years? Are we close to six years? Six. Yep. Six years. Woo, we're six. Um, I don't pay attention to time anymore. What's time? Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've been here for a while. And we always have really amazing guests, really great conversations about entrepreneurship and balance and creativity. Um, it's definitely a great place to go if you are needing a business bestie to kind of walk you through the chaos that is owning a business in 2022 because it's a lot. Ghetto <laughs> out here in these streets, um, for sure. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things happening and going on and going ons uh but we have a bunch of episodes in our catalog so definitely if this is your first time take some time to scroll on back to the past and listen to some archives we have some amazing guests especially within the past two years because with the panorama we've been able to kind of find the niche of having amazing people come in and give great content that will also better reflect that balance like you said like having that mental health piece prior to prior to uh, <laughs> prioritizing wellness and making sure that we don't all like burn off burn out and jump off a cliff so yeah that so is what of, we're trying to do yes one of the amazing people that we've had on is uh major and yes. she is an orlando person we're always excited like to highlight you know the awesome creatives in orlando uh but she makes literally my favorite snack ever it's just this popcorn that is next level but it's also healthy like really healthy but like mm -hmm. delicious and like i feel like addicting some it's just like i i just love it um i've been buying it for quite some time and telling my brothers that i'm going to send it to them but then i just eat it all so <laughs> I'm, I'm i've come to the conclusion like they're gonna have to just visit if they want it because i'm like i cannot physically get it into the box to ship away like i'm like no i think i'll just eat it and i'll just go I'm, i always tell myself i'll just go get more and then i'll send them that and then i i don't no. um so she actually if you're local to the central florida area she is going to be on an event this friday yeah. April 29th from 5 to 9 p.m it is going to be at east end market and it's called evening, evening exchange so yeah, it's like 15 plus vendors, live music. They're going to have plants, flowers, vintage stuff, local art, craft food, desserts, beer, wine, cocktails, handmade goods, all sorts of stuff. I know that Lineage is actually going to do a market too. And what's cool is that so Lineage is a coffee shop here in Orlando and they have a few different locations. They've been around for quite some time. And the, the market they're going to do is all the baristas that work there, the different side ventures that they all have. Um, so it's just going to be like lineage baristas, the different creative stuff that they do, and they're going to be selling that stuff at lineage. So this is like the first time they've done that. And hopefully it's an event that they'll keep having because I think that's super cute. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of <clears throat> great events going on in Orlando and Tampa and Lakeland, which I was just in Lakeland um, like a week ago because we have a listing out there. That place is actually really cute. And it's funny because I grew up in Orlando, so I was like, ew, Lakeland, like we're so much cooler than that but they're actually their downtown is kind of adorable i i cannot lie it's a cute place so if you're anywhere in the area jump to like another local spot and go support you know some stuff out that way because there's a lot of great local stuff to be supporting can't Speaking just buy all the time <laughs> of local stuff our favorite co-host of the show is launching new 
candles this weekend. So please tell the girlies what they should be looking forward to and get their cash and collect. So you don't hit us up like Beyonce. We all <laughs> got to find our coins, like sell Oregon to get tickets. Yeah. Like she's I trying to tell you now. People because Beyonce does be catching me sometimes. You know, when she'll catch you slipping. It's like we're looking real rough, and she's like, "I'm gonna do the thing," and I'm like, "What? Why, girl? Why? Like, I need a warning." So yes, I have warned the people on Instagram, but I will warn you here too. We are doing another drop on um, Saturday. I have an in-person event on Friday, and then Saturday we are doing another drop of candles, and we are adding a new scent, which is going to be orange blossom air horn really great i'm not gonna lie like my whole house smells like it right now um and it's in a new vessel so i'm really excited about that i've been wanting to look so good yeah i've been wanting to work with like different because i just love texture so Mm -hmm. i love ceramics i love cork i love wood i you know i just i love different textures so i've been wanting to switch it up for a while when it comes to vessels um so we're starting to do that now but those are always going to be done in very limited runs because the nature of getting those types of vessels. So just to be aware, like I don't honestly expect Orange Blossom to be um, up for sale for more than a few days. So it'll go on on Saturday. Um, y'all know that you can use uh, Boss So Hard at checkout to get your discount. So that is always good for our listeners. So yeah, use that. They'll be up probably Saturday, hopefully Sunday and Monday too. And then hopefully they will be gone. And then um, it's also going to be the last time probably this year that you're going to be able to get Black Lives Matter and Black Girl Magic. Um, I'm going to retire those just for the year, not forever. But there's just so many other, you know, candles that I've been like that I've developed and I've been wanting to share and I can't have everything all going at the same time. Um, So some of our old favorites are going to be retired for a bit to make way for some new favorites. Um, So we're definitely going to have some very like fresh spring and summery candles coming to the shop in the next month that are kind of in that orange family um, and that floral family, which I'm, I will say, I actually do not love florals. So these are going to be good for like people that are not like hardcore into florals and you're like hesitant about it, this might be a good candle for you. If you do like florals, you'll obviously already like it. But if you're typically hesitant with florals, because I am, you also might like it because I I hate something that is like overly florally. So I'm excited about these because they give something like that soft, sweet, but subtle for those of us who are not like into like that overly perfumey, like full on floral situation. Um, So yeah, so I'm excited to be launching new products. And we're probably going to be moving more to a, hey, we're open. And then we're open for three days. And then we're going to be closed because that's like kind of the best business model for me going forward with balancing that with real estate and everything. And and also we just uh, sold our first house. So that's very exciting. Magical. Yes. So there's like a special name if you like close a house and have a listing and um and like have another one that you like another house that you're like in the process of like buying they have like a special name for it at the office and john was like i really want to get that like in our first three months and i was like well relax because like we might not get it but now it's looking like we're gonna get it in our second month so that's dope that's very exciting it is good times i um actually i'm related uh, because <laughs> john's boss people used to live in our house and so they were here this weekend because <laughs> they shipped some tamales to our house <laughs> uh so it's a small ecosystem um over here where we are we really keep it things tight right 
But as per usual, we have an amazing guest. Really, really do. She's very yeah. magical. Um, feel free to start putting all of this stuff that she's talking about into practice. She gives really actionable items. We're going to have lots of links in the show notes for you to look at. Um, and I've known Cynthia for a little bit just through, again, Orlando and Orlando Living. Like we just talked about, small ecosystem here. Um, and she's really coming into her own at this space and time. And so this is a perfect time to have her on because she's really sharing some learnings of what she did in the past and how she's applying that to her future. And she's a gem in a spot life. And we can't wait to have her on again in the future. So yes, I got her on quarterly. She's amazing. I learned so much today. I feel like I was gathered in the best way. Um, so I'm so excited for you guys because I just feel like I, I got my life in the best way and I feel like so collected and I'm like ready to go out and apply a lot of the things that she talked about today. And I feel like you guys are going to feel the same. So I'm very excited for you right now. Awesome. Well, feel free to listen. As per usual, you can rate and review Apple Podcast on that place where Joe Rogan's podcast is and some other spaces as well. If you would like, we would love that. Share it with your pals. Watch us on your TVs listen to us on your devices wherever you find them and we will see you next week and don't forget to follow us on instagram heart and muscle podcast thank you guys toodles Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I am super, super excited today because we have another fun Orlando local friend uh, who will be here joining us on the podcast. And we have Cynthia of Cynthia Plans. Cynthia is a planning powerhouse. She is a virtual assistant. She is a social media queen. She is the Reels queen in Orlando. Everybody I know talks about Cynthia's Reels training that she has done for the uh, FBRA and everything. So I am excited to have Cynthia here. Cynthia, for those of us who do not know you and do not know your brand and your business, let our listeners know a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to finally be a guest on the show. I've been a listener for a while now and obviously so excited to connect with you too. But for those of you who are unfamiliar with me, I am, as Angelica said, an Orlando local. I've been living here for, God, probably over 15 years at this point. But like many Floridians, originally from New York, a transplant, uh, not unlike many others. But um, in my you know, professional life. I did over 10 years of marketing, um, most of which were at Orange County Library System in Orlando, and then actually transitioned to an agency late last summer. And then I just like recently came to, like a lot of people have been doing during this great resignation, the decision that I just wanted to spend more time with my family and work for myself. So for quite a while, I was doing a virtual assistant work part-time for a close friend of mine who is also in the planner community. That's like my little niche. And um, I had another friend who found out I was doing it and referred me to another client. And before I knew it, I was working steady enough that I could bring in enough income to you know, float myself until I decided I didn't want to do that anymore and maybe go back to corporate life. But for now, I'm just pursuing the entrepreneurial life. And it's been fun. It's always something I've dreamt about and always felt like at some point when we're in a financial position, my family, my husband and I to be able to do so that I would pursue it. And here I am kind of living out that dream. So um, I'm a you know full-time virtual assistant um, at the moment and certainly also interested in taking on more clients as I'm transitioning into this role for about two months now full-time. And besides that, I spent a lot of time 
creating content on social media. So I love Instagram. I love being on Instagram. I love watching people's Instagram content, seeing all their gorgeous photos and inspiration. So as Angelica said, I'm the social media queen, people like to call me, but um, I love reels. I love creating videos for Instagram. I also create some content on YouTube as well, though I haven't obviously been as uh, frequent and consistent with that as I would like to be, but certainly um, love just creating video content and connecting with people online. I feel like social media is so accessible um, and I feel like anybody can be successful at it with the right coaching and tools. And so I really try to come with a heart of being um, open, transparent about how I create what I create to hopefully coach and um, inspire other people to take that journey for themselves. I love that so much. And I've got to say, I love that you did the job, the corporate thing first, and then went to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, Angelica and I both said like, that's not really the route that we went, but we always encourage people to do that all the time because we know how challenging it is if you don't do that first. So I think a lot of people will come to us and be like, oh, well, you know, this is a lot harder than I thought. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Like if you have a stable foundation, it's such an easier place to um, you know, attempt entrepreneurship from if you're right. moving from like a corporate job into entrepreneurship. So I, I just, I have to point that out because <laughs> I always recommend if people can do it that way to do it that way. Um, and I also just love how much you love social, me social media, how much fun you have on it. Like mm -hmm. it comes across that you're not like feeling like you have to be there, but you want to be there. Yes. Like, yeah, that's yeah. like the big thing that I try to explain to people who like ask me like, well, what should I do for a social media plan? And I'm always like, go to the platform you like, because if you're on a platform and you are hating it and it's just, you're not enjoying it, like then you're, you're not going to enjoy it. You know, you're going <laughs> to, every time you come in, you're going to be like, Oh God, I have to be here again. I have to watch these people again. I have to communicate this way again. It's just like with anything else, I think in person, like if you're not like a bar person, right? Like you wouldn't want to go to like a bar to like meet new people. So like, don't go there. You know what I mean? Right. Like as simple as like mm -hmm. go to the bookstore or whatever it is. And I know like for me, I built my first business on social media and this was like eons ago because I'm super old. Like, <laughs> 95 years ago when we were, yeah. the like, earth was starting or whatever. Nine like times, like 2009 ish, like I built my photography business on uh, Facebook and it was very, you know, Facebook was very different than what it is today. Now I hate Facebook and you'll never find me there. Um, <laughs> but back then it was like, you know, Instagram, like it was like the, the days where either Instagram didn't exist or like the very early days of it. Nobody was really on there. Everybody was on Facebook. And it was very easy for me to just go on, share my work, tag people and interact that way. And it was organic. It was fun. And I loved it. Um, and again, now I don't like it. So I don't work. I don't stress myself out about it. I'm like, oh, I hate that place. I don't go. And <laughs> it's a bad place. We I don't talk about place. it. <laughs> so I'm more lit up by Instagram and recently TikTok. And so that's oh, yes. where I like to spend my time. And, and it's, it's a lot easier when you like where you are. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. It's funny that you said you hate Facebook because that's how I feel about Facebook since leaving social media work full time. Because when I was at the library, I was our digital media specialist, which was honestly not an appropriate title. <laughs> it needed to be a much better title. <laughs> the social media or digital media director. Exactly. Like that actually yes. the title. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so yeah, when I was doing social media, obviously Facebook was a big part of our social media plan and strategy. But since leaving that work, I hardly ever go on Facebook. And it's funny because I think I made my first like post last week since December of yes. last year. Yeah. Um, so like that's where I'm at with Facebook where now since I don't have to be on it on a regular basis, like I never go 
on there. When I do, I'll just like lurk like a couple of posts and move on. Whereas like Instagram, I go on every single day. And for me, it's really about how I've chosen to curate, which I kind of hate that word because it sounds like more superficial than it I even mean for it to. But I'm really intentional about who I choose to follow and what I'm engaging with. So for me, I've really made it a, a positive place for me to go be inspired, you know, watch fun content, see friends of mine, see people that are kind of in the same space as me and always feel like my cup is full when I go on it versus other social media platforms where you don't feel that way. And, you know, you also mentioned TikTok and like, I love TikTok because for me, I go on there and my for you page is just stuff that makes me crack up. Like that's what I love to go on TikTok for is to just like laugh for a good hour, you know? It really cracks me up so much. Like I watch TikTok for like 20 minutes every night. I have no yes. idea why. I don't know how this started, but it really just helps me unwind. Everything I watch in there is like complete nonsense and it's hilarious. Um, and it's just like quick and fun and easy. So yeah. Yeah, I, I really like it as a platform. I think a lot of people uh, overthink it and they're like, oh my gosh. It's, and I'm like, it's seriously not that difficult. Like if you've made a real, you can be on TikTok. It's fine. Or oh, you, yeah. can, you don't have to create on it. You can just enjoy it as well. Exactly. That's, that's allowed. I think that uh, sometimes people think that if they're an entrepreneur, every second that they're online needs to be like extremely productive. And I'm like, yes. you can still enjoy yourself. Like it doesn't have to be all work all the time. No. But yeah, Facebook should just die. A little <laughs> death. I hate it. So <laughs> I, ha I use it a little bit now for my nonprofit, but literally outside of that, I'm like, I hate it. And it's the worst. Yeah, so. I concur. So you have so many things going on. You have so many services that you do. You're a wife, you're a mom, you are a hardcore planner, you're on all these different platforms, but your life seems like pretty balanced. You seem like happy. You don't seem like incredibly overwhelmed like I am. So <laughs> what are three tools that you're using every single day to just make your life a little bit easier? Yeah. So first I want to clear up the misconception that I am not overwhelmed because I'm probably overwhelmed <laughs> and flailing every single day. That's, you know, it's a part of being an adult. And like you said, I do wear many hats. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm, you know, a, an emerging entrepreneur. I'm someone that likes to spend a lot of time online. I've got a great group of friends that I love to spend time with and try to spend time with them in person, especially because we went through the yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, right. I really want to make sure that I'm getting back to doing those sorts of things with them. So certainly my life is really busy, but I, you know, I go through seasons where I'm a little bit more pouring into some areas of my life than the other. And certainly this time where I've taken a big step back from a traditional job and I'm doing entrepreneurship is giving me more time with my husband and my son, which I'll fully admit, you know, my son is going to be eight later this year. And this is the most time I've ever spent with him. Uh, so I think for me, it's it's knowing that like I'm never going to be able to fully pour into one area. The last two weeks on Instagram, I like totally ghosted because I was doing stuff for, as Angelica mentioned, a period I was putting on a, a gala. And I was like, I'm sorry, Instagram just has to fall by the wayside. I love it, but it's just not a priority to me right now. So it, you know, just like I said, fell by the wayside. But I do obviously approach each day with intention and, and, and wake up every morning. I've talked to my family about this. Like I wake up every morning saying like, how can we be better than I was yesterday? Or how 
can I challenge myself to show up and accomplish things that maybe I didn't get to the day before or that have been on my goals planner for several months now and I haven't gotten to sort of thing. And so for me, obviously my planner is a key part of how I try to make my life easier every day by really taking that intentional time at the start of every week, which, you know, for me is a Sunday to set all the intentions, you know, commit to, okay, I've got all these meetings on my calendar. I'm going to make sure that I'm A, showing up for them and B, showing up on time for these things and making sure that I'm planning my life around the commitments that I've made to other people. So certainly my planner is a part of that. The other thing that I've really embraced and people, I think, there's this misconception that if you're a paper planner or if you're into doing, you know, analog planning, as some would say, that you're not into digital planning and that couldn't be further from the truth for me. And I think for a lot of people in our niche, um, I live by Google Calendar and iCal. You know what I mean? I have those synced together and it connects to my Apple Watch and I can look down at my watch and be like, okay, I've got a podcast interview at this time, you know? So it's the paper as, you know, okay, I'm setting the intentions for the week and then the digital keeping me accountable on a day-to-day basis. And then the third thing that I would add here that's kind of newer for me. And I think it might be helpful to some entrepreneurs who may be listening to this podcast is I love ClickUp. It's something that I started using uh, right before. Yeah. I started using it right before I went full-time with one of my virtual assistant clients and I've tried, I mean, I'm a planner. I've tried every single project productivity tool that's out there. Like I've tried them all. I've used all of them and for different seasons of life or different environments that I've been in, they've been super helpful. So like when I was at the library, we used Trello and Trello was great for us, but like Trying to use Trello for myself as an entrepreneur wasn't helpful to me. I just, it wasn't a good Mm -hmm. vibe for me. So um, a friend mentioned ClickUp to me and I was like, well, let me check this out. And I just like went down the rabbit hole and I'm sold. Like I tell everybody that I can possibly tell that you need to start using ClickUp. (laughs) Absolutely. It is my uh, spiritual, I feel like I witness to people. I'm like, let me tell you about the goodness and mercies of ClickUp. (laughs) So great. I absolutely love it. Um, so I would say those three things help to make my life easier. And if I were to add an honorable mention, it would be coffee. That would be the honorable mention. On the <laughs> Shout list. out to coffee. Um, Charisma is a big fan of creation. She's not a big fan of coffee, but I she's hate, a big I fan. Of, I hate coffee. I hate coffee, but she's a good fan, big fan of create coffee locally. And I, I actually yes. talked to, I like, I thought about you as I sent it to some friends who want to highlight some AAPI businesses next month. And I was like, it would quay. I like, I absolutely live for create coffee. Like I am their personal ambassador. <laughs> I yes. literally have traveled the country and spoken about create coffee. I'm not joking. Like I, I talk about it everywhere I go and I love quay and I know all the baristas by name, but I hate coffee. And I, this morning I actually called coffee bitter yuck juice. Um, <laughs> and John was really offended because he's like drinking this coffee that he thinks is really good. And he was like, not the one. I love that you were like, he thinks it's really good, which it probably is. <laughs> well, and I told him, I said, the, what you're drinking right now is just basically bitter yuck juice with a hint of banana. So it doesn't. <laughs> oh, wow. I really dislike it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've been a barista and everything, and I just don't like it. And the only thing that I drink that's like caffeine is matcha, but I only have it like once a week. So I just literally, I am, the way I wake up is that I drink like water and have avocado toast. And I think that the avocados activate whatever coffee does for other people. I'm convinced because I'm like a zombie and then I have avocados and then I'm like, I'm awake. Yeah, I love that. Anybody out there also thinks coffee is bitter yuck juice. 
which I know I'm going to like, they're going to drag me through the streets for that one. <laughs> people are serious about their coffee, but <laughs> my mom loves coffee and that's why I don't drink it. Cause I know I'll be addicted once I get past the feeling of yuck. Yeah. I think I'm that's, I, I mean, I think that's true for probably everybody. I, I well, I, and I should say there's certainly a cultural ethnic aspect to my loving yeah. coffee yeah drinking exactly. coffee at like three or four years old when I probably shouldn't have been um so there's certainly that part of it but definitely I mean besides those little instances where my mom she would call it coffee flavored milk because it was more milk than coffee yeah. at that point um but like during college I mean I was like well I need something to keep me pepped up and so certainly my love and taste for coffee grew as I matured and became yeah it's definitely one of those things i definitely believe that we should research about how your taste palette evolves the older you get because obviously when you're 10 you you think everything is gross but as you get older you your tongue refines certain things um i but i also am like with coffee i'm also a person who drinks dry red wines or try white wine. So it's for me, I'm like spiritually, those tones and flavors, especially with red wines, they're very similar to the tones yeah. in like black coffee, depending, especially because the, they're mostly like brewed and like the, the grapes are usually in the, around the same regions. Yeah. And you get into like South I America. Love them. And I just coffee, so I don't get it. I hate beer yeah. though, so I'm not sure. Well, beer that. and coffee, let's not, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate, I hate beer and I hate coffee, but I love red wine. I love all the wines. Um, but the, uh, yeah. the darker, Agreed. deeper red, the better. Yeah. Um, and I like alcohol, but I mean, I don't drink it a lot, but I like it. But coffee, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, it's just it's not your ministry. It's not yeah. your ministry. No, you that's know okay. what? That's okay. That yeah. is fine because you can get all, you can distinguish good matcha leaves, which some people don't like matcha, which, but also like coffee, which is wild because I feel like yeah. matcha is good. <laughs> I, I love like any tea and like a lot of teas that I drink are just very like people people will say the teas I drink are bitter um and just but that's like, the best part yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I do like I haven't met a tea I dislike yet so I'm like that's my saving grace because you know you gotta get caffeine sometimes some way yeah so. absolutely <laughs> oh my goodness for real being an adult this the struggle bus that we're on uh we live in Florida we are always tired oh my God. <laughs> I was just talking to a friend about that last night over text. We were talking about just adulting and self-promoting and she's going to be trying to do more on LinkedIn as she's trying to grow um, eventually a transition to entrepreneurship for herself. She was like, I'm so tired. I was like, I get it. And then we also live in Florida. Like, (laughs) you know. Facts, yeah. actual facts. So, speaking of LinkedIn, we're going to talk a little bit more about social media because you yeah. are the queen in my eyes of all social media. But coming up with a social media content strategy, especially for new entrepreneurs, is is overwhelming. Or people who've been entrepreneurs but never really dipped their toes into the digital space, and now through the panorama, they realize they have to be in social media a little bit. So. What advice do you have for someone who does want to utilize social media in a way that's effective for their business, but is also burnt out because they might live in Florida? (laughs) Yeah, I I get that. Um, So for me, and it's funny because I'm kind of in a course right now that we've been talking about the concept of sustainability a lot with your content strategy, with showing up, with, uh, you know, not putting yourself in too many places, not trying to create too many different types of content because, you know, people are like, well, I just want to show up on Instagram. And there's so many ways that you can show up on Instagram. It's showing up on stories. It's creating reels. It's creating feed posts. It's creating a feed post that's maybe a carousel. Like there's just so many different directions that you can go. And so I would say to 
to people that are looking to make it sustainable for them because there can be two approaches, one that can be a little bit more aggressive and certainly help you reach some of those goals with a very strong strategy. But if you're talking about trying to create a sustainable uh strategy and plan that doesn't burn you out, I would say really focus on the platforms where A, your customers are because obviously you want to reach them, but B, feel natural to you. So like we were just talking earlier, if Facebook is not your ministry, like don't burn yourself out trying to create content on Facebook because it's just going to make you upset and you're going to hate doing it. Um, But try to be on those platforms, like I said, where your customers are, but that feel good for you as well. But then also like don't listen to all these gurus out there right now that are like, oh, you need to create five TikToks a day and do this and do that. Like, no, like you're an entrepreneur, your business comes first. Like obviously you need to carve out time to work on your marketing, to work on selling yourself, to work on reaching those new customers or clients or whatever that might be for you. But it shouldn't come at the expense of your being able to feel good about what you're doing and creating content. Um, if you're creating content and it's making your making you miserable, then you're doing it wrong, is my opinion, you know? So I would say really, like I said, start with a platform that feels right for you and is, you know, going to align with your customer base and then do what's attainable. So if it's attainable for you to do two Instagram posts a week or one Instagram post in feed a week, and that's a carousel or a photo or whatever that might be like for you and showing up on stories at least, you know, once a day, just, just to say hi, it doesn't have to be, I'm coming on here to sell something or to teach you something or to coach you about something. It's just giving that insight into your daily life, then that's where you start. You know what I mean? And once you kind of build those routines and kind of build that level of consistency, then add more. But I always think you're setting yourself up for failure when you try to be too ambitious and then, you know, obviously don't meet those goals and then you feel bad about it. Like that's never where anyone wants to feel um, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, but certainly not um, at, at any point. And so for social media, like I said, start with what feels attainable, what feels doable, and then kind of build from there. Once you establish those routines or level of comfort and when you kind of understand, okay, this is resonating with my audience. How can I build this out further? How can I build upon these successes that I've had? I love that because I definitely know a lot of people have like an all or nothing uh, mentality. And so they feel like, okay, I've made this plan. I've made this plan based off of, you know, Googling how many times to post a day and what time Mm -hmm. to post, whatever. And then if they can't stick to the plan perfectly, then they're like, let's burn the whole thing down. I hate social media. I hate it. And they don't want to do anything. I think it's so smart to say it's like, no, start with what is actually sustainable and then just keep building from there in a way that feels good and feels organic for you. Um, Because (laughs) I can tell you, like I had made like some TikToks where I was making the content to make some TikToks. And I was like, Ooh, I'm going to have like a TikTok every day for a week. Like that's exciting. And then like just randomly something popped up and it said like make five TikToks a day. And I was like, absolutely not. That is <laughs> yeah. bananas. like, I will, not, I will not be doing that to me. That is going to be a week's worth of content. But I also know that like my audience is not going to be like interacting with TikToks five times a day. You right, exactly, like exactly. My, yeah, my audience is old and they're going to be going to bed at, you know, 10 o'clock and they're going to like go through TikTok at like 9.30 and then be done. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not going to be on these certain apps all day, every day, checking in, whatever. So like you said, knowing your audience is so incredibly important and just not giving yourself so much work that you're just going to immediately burn out. Yeah, I mean, I worked on a content plan for April and I had ambitious goals about how many videos I would be doing for YouTube and um, like all the content I'd be making on Instagram. And I was able to accomplish some of it, but like 
one thing that I didn't account for as much time as I really should have was, like I said, planning a gala last month. And and I should have been a little bit more mindful that like, you might not have as many hours to work on content as you think you will. Like I did estimate that there was going to be some time that I wouldn't be able to, but I definitely underestimated how much time this was going to take for me. And part of it wasn't my fault. Part of it was I've never planned this event before. So I realized in the moment, just all the logistics and details that went into it. But like, I just abandoned some of the things that were on my content plan and that's okay. Like either I can repurpose them for next month because they weren't things that were like timely and seasonal, or I can just be like, okay, I have that on the calendar for next year. Like that's an idea that I bookmark and come back to next year when it's seasonal again. So I agree, like it shouldn't have to be an all or nothing thing. And I would just discourage you from allowing people to get into your head. You have to do what feels right for you. Otherwise it's not going to be enjoyable. And like I said, if it's not enjoyable, then I feel like you're doing it wrong. It should be fun. Like you said, I think I come off as someone that is enjoying themselves on social media because I participate when it's right for me. If I, if I'm got too much going on and it's not going to be adding anything to my life and it's just going to be adding another stress and like, I'm just going to scale back a little bit and not show up as much. And when I am ready to come back on and be a participant, then I'm there again, you know, and it's not a big deal because then you know I okay Cynthia was a little bit busy she wasn't going to show up as her best self or adding a lot of value she's back now so she's fully participating again you know yeah for sure and you know a part of that flexibility and grace is a part of the process and you understanding where you were in the moment and being like this is not going to happen right. and then showing up after you didn't even like have to you didn't feel the pressure to come on on social media and be like hey guys sorry i'm not doing 16 reels a day like you waited until you were at a place to be done and then you communicate it like hey this actually wasn't the process i will be back and i think um as consumers we have to start understanding that that should be the way that we expect content creators to, to yeah. live their lives like human beings um so we can get those expectations in line because of what is happening with the people who are doing 15 reels a day or 15 tiktoks or whatever it is that they're doing is that the expectation is there for them to do it and so then when they don't it's like oh that person fell off or they're not interesting anymore i'm gonna unfollow because i didn't get i got six reels i didn't get 15 you know it's just yeah. that unsustainability of human life um so i appreciate that you are a human that is honest with where you are and not feeling pressure that you have to say where you are in the moment. You say when you where you are when you need to, when you have the time, when you have the space. Um, and I appreciate that. Like that's that to me. That's what I why I follow you and why I like you as a person is that you're you're real about where you are, and that's awesome. Well, and like the other thing that I always have a mind of how I approach my content is like I'm not going to come on and. We're like excluding stories because stories are meant to be ephemeral mm-hmm. and are meant to be something that are not so high stakes and high pressure and everything like that. Anything that's happening outside of my stories, I'm going to make sure that I'm providing something that's valuable. So it's either a carousel that's going to help teach somebody something. It's showing off my planner and showing a strategy of how I'm, you know, tracking habits or something like that, or how I'm using an insert to help me, you know, track gratitude or whatever that might look like. Um, and if it's not one of those things and it's a reel, that's going to either teach you something or make you laugh. So I always come from a perspective of if I am going to be working on content, it's going to be content that is valuable to the end user. And if it's not, then I don't want to work on it kind of thing, you know? Absolutely. I love that so much. So I want to talk to you about virtual assistant work because Mm -hmm. the scope is large and it's so important. (laughs) And my husband just recently became a real estate agent and I've been like working with him and helping him with a lot of stuff. And I actually asked him to set up because there's another team at his office that it's an agent and then a person who's not an actual agent and they work together. And last year they were the top producers. 
So, and this is like in an office of like 200 agents in the celebration area. So like, you know, they do volume here, right? Mm -hmm. So I told him, I was like, get me a meeting with that girl because I want to know what they're doing and I want to like recreate it in the way that is best for us. So I sat down with her. She gave me all sorts of lovely advice, but her biggest point that she kept driving home was getting a virtual assistant change the game for them. She was like, we would not have been able to take on the sort of work that we took on, especially during a pandemic. And we're both moms. And she had a kid in 2020 and 2018. And she's like, we would not be where we are without our virtual assistant. Like she makes all the difference for us. So I feel like a lot of people don't always know that some of these big producing, you know, teams, entrepreneurs, influencers, etc., that they are following, that they are like, wow, like all the stuff they're doing is great. A lot of times it's because they have an awesome virtual assistant that's kind of behind the scenes. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs like getting into work, work going great. And then them being like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. So I want people to know that like, number one, hiring a virtual assistant is something that they can do that isn't hard to do and that is awesome. And I kind of want to talk to you about some of the things that you've done as a virtual assistant or that virtual assistants typically offer. So people understand like how to go about that process of hiring someone and what, you know, they can do for them. Yeah, so um, I am a little bit more of a niche entrepreneur, or excuse me, virtual assistant than some others. Uh, like you said, what virtual assistants do can run the gamut. It could be things that are very, very administrative. So replying to emails, uh, working on contracts, you know, working on a proposal. It can be booking your calendar, booking travel for you, anything like that that someone who is a CEO or higher up in a company might need because they're too busy with the day-to-day operations of how they're running their business. But there can also be specialized virtual assistants, which is kind of how more I see myself and definitely representative of the work and the clients that I help. And so my work is a little bit more marketing centric. So for some of the clients that I'm working with, I take care of their email newsletters. So there's one client that does a special, she's an e-commerce business every single week. So I work on the marketing email that goes to her email list. I work with another client who's in a nonprofit environment. So obviously very lean staff. He's the executive director and he's basically a team of one. So he outsources a lot of their marketing work to me. So social media content, again, email marketing, working on press releases, all that kind of stuff. So I think I was just talking to someone about this ironically yesterday who was thinking about making a transition into that industry and trying to market and set herself and position herself as a virtual assistant. And I was just telling her, like for me, the thing that I love most about the work that I do is the work that I'm doing, I genuinely love to do. So if you can find a way to do work that you genuinely love to do, to me, that's the best situation you could possibly ask for. Um, so for me, I'm working on on marketing strategies and marketing tasks for a lot of my clients on a day-to-day basis. One of my clients, the e-commerce um, client, she also obviously has a customer service aspect of her business. And that is one of the things that I help with. But I've done customer service. I've worked in retail. I worked at the library. And certainly there were some times where there wasn't wasn't enough people. So I had to jump in and help a customer. So like those sorts of things are really easy for me to do because I've got experience doing them. So I think if you're an entrepreneur that's looking for help, I think think about what your pain points are. One of the things that we discussed, uh, my e-commerce client and I, she was just saying like she 
felt like she wasn't spending time designing anymore. So like the, the part of her job that she enjoyed most when she first started her business, which was designing sticker kits and new products and, um, you know, accessories for her brands and everything like that. They were so busy in the thick of customer service, in the thick of producing those email marketing um, campaigns that go out every week, responding to requests for swag and donations and sponsorships and all that kind of stuff that she really didn't have time to do any of the design work anymore. And she wasn't releasing products as regularly as she had before. And she noticed that it was impacting her revenue. So like I said, she and I had known each other, kind of alluded to earlier for quite a bit of time. And she and I had been talking over DMs and we were just kind of like, should we work together? And that's kind of how that relationship formed. But I think, like I said, from an entrepreneur standpoint, if you're thinking about onboarding a VA, be thinking about those pain points. Be thinking about what can someone do to alleviate these things that I don't want to do anymore um, and write those down and seek out people who maybe have those um, skills and maybe can offer that as part of their package. And also know as a VA that you have the ability to really position yourself however you feel like is best. If you want to work with a specific kind of industry or client, you can certainly do that and really be marketing yourself and positioning yourself to that type of client. And you can also be positioning yourself as an expert or a specialist in this certain you know, type of skill set. In my case, it's marketing. I know there's people who do operations. I know people that do finance, all sorts of things. Um, you can definitely do that. And I think it's beneficial to everybody when people are doing what they genuinely love and what they're genuinely good at. Um, and also people relieving the things that make them miserable every day in their business. If they can pass it off to someone else who actually gets joy out of doing those things because they're good at it and they like it, I think that's the best situation you could possibly ask for. You're so good at making it sound easy. I love this story. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's because you have, again, like we talked about that experience of being in corporate, especially with the library for people who were not there, who did not see Cynthia was doing everything. She was going everything. to shoots. She was planning talent. She was writing. Like you were doing everything. And so that experience is so invaluable because it makes you good at what you do as a VA and that you can take on multiple clients to your comfort level and be effective and help them out in a way where they would never be able to do on their own because they just are overwhelmed. They don't have the time. They can't reach the success that you're going to bring them. And I think that is the point of a VA, like getting right. someone who has that hustle, that ready to go, get them going. Um, because it just, when you start getting busy and, and we're, we're like, I feel like we're always at this space right now. We're really like, <laughs> what are we doing? I don't sleep. Um, it, it, I the value a VA would bring us is like financially for scaling reasons invaluable and really trying to for businesses don't think about I can't afford it because you can uh, you're losing money by you doing everything by yourself I tell you that right now uh, as someone who does this right now <laughs> don't be like me be better so what what you're saying is so important I think entrepreneurs really really need to seep it in is to find a VA that knows what they're doing in the space that you need them to yeah and I think a good VA like something that is really important to me with the clients that I serve so like my uh, one client who's like I said in an e-commerce business um and she's I there are also I mean I just mentioned this as an aside there are different arrangements that you can do so like the nonprofit client that I help it's a project-based fee so whatever projects he has for me that month the executive director like I just charge my hourly rate however hours however many hours it's going to take me to work through those projects each month and then my other e-commerce client 
is on a monthly retainer. So there's set amount of hours that we work on together, you know, each month. And for me, I always go with the mindset. And I think any good VA is going to come with this too. I'm trying to, especially in this e-commerce situation with that client, make it so the money that she's paying me, she will earn so much more in the revenue that she makes that year because she's able to produce more products and able to spend more time designing and putting out new releases and everything like that. And already she's seen an impact in her being able to produce more more products quickly because we've gotten in such a good rhythm that she's like, well, I don't need to worry about that. Cynthia's got that taken care of. So I'm going to continue to work on the other things over here. So and I, like I said, I think any VA is going to go into their business arrangement with you wanting to make sure that you get even more value than what you're what they're being paid um is is essentially I guess what I'm trying to say yeah that it's just like such an investment that's worth it and I don't think that people understand it's not as big of an investment as they think it is 100% and you know obviously it's because you own your own business and you are working for them kind of like as like an independent contractor Mm -hmm. they're not in a situation where they're needing to fully employ someone because I think I know for like me, like that's a thing for me is that if I'm paying someone, I want to make sure that they have a living wage and I don't want to bring on an employee that I am not a hundred percent sure that I'm going to like be able to offer, you know, a good wage and good employment for let's say six months a year, you know, whatever, whatever the amount is. Um, so I think that a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm not in a position to like, really hire a full-time employee like I can't handle that and like what they don't understand is kind of like you said like there's different ways to go about it with working with a VA it's like you can do a pro- like project based or you can do a retainer right. so it just makes things a little bit easier so that you know you're not dealing with taxes and you know things like that um and it's it's really good for people who are not yet in that place to be able to hire somebody full-time right. um and also when you hire an employee, oftentimes like, you know, if I was going to hire an employee at this point, it would honestly be someone to pour candles, right? Like it would just be like pour candles 24 seven, not 24 seven. I sound like <laughs> pour candles a lot, <laughs> like, pour, you know, come in, do like a six hour shift where you just pouring candles. And a lot of times that's how employment works where you just have like kind of a smaller, not that you have a smaller skill set, but you're just sometimes using a smaller skill set. Whereas when you're working with a VA, they typically have like such a vast amount of skill Mm -hmm. that you can have the same person who's like helping you with a press release, be the same person who's like doing some backend stuff on WordPress, be the same person who's like answering emails. It's like a lot of different things that, you know, VAs are typically able to do, which is amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a and as Angelica was saying, like such an awesome way to scale up your business. Yes, yes, that's definitely been true for like I said, the client that I'm working with that has an e-commerce business. Um, in being able to put out just so much more volume of products and obviously generate so much more revenue by having that consistent um flow of of new things coming to her shop and everything and revising things that she's wanted to for a while now but hasn't had the time because she it's really you know a business of she and her husband have been doing it for quite some time. They're pretty high volume for the niche that they're in, um, and they have you know one employee that is certainly on the production side packing up orders and stuff like that but it's really the two of them 
banging out those products on a daily basis. And so that just eats up so much of her day, not being able to get to the design piece because she's so busy in the operations and production piece. So being able to relieve that for her and really also just level up some of her marketing. And she's got a whole affiliate program that I've been helping her with as well, because again, that's just a time suck and obviously not something that she always gets to spend a lot of time on, um, has really just been a joy to be able to see someone that I really care about and respect in their business, see how my skills and my genuine love for the work that I do and also supporting her business um, is helping her flourish. Yeah. And I love that like on your end as the VA, you get to choose like who you work with. Yes. And like, I 100% like no shade to anybody you're working with. I'm sure that you are better at the things that you are doing than they are. Because typically, (laughs) a good business owner hires somebody who's like works with someone who's better than they are at those things. Right? Like, if, if you've already done this sort of thing for four other people, you're like, I know how to do that. Whereas like, again, if you're the main person, if you're the designer, if you're the candle pour, if you're the jewelry maker, the photographer, you don't necessarily know how to do affiliate marketing or, you know, everything else. Um, so it's just so like valuable to have somebody who's already done these things come in, do them faster than you do them better than you. And it's great because you still get to work with all these people that you're passionate about what they do. Um, so it's like a perfect marriage. I love it. Outside of work, (laughs) which is I'm sure so much of everybody's life as an adult, unfortunately, what are some ways that you stay creative? Because I think having something else outside of like tasks uh, really helps keep that balance in your mental wellness. Yeah. So it's funny because um, one thing that I feel like I realized um, like once Reels kind of became a thing on Instagram, because I really wasn't on TikTok much until Reels launched, I was like skeptical of it. And I was like, is everybody on this app 15? I don't want to join it. You know what I mean? Like I I certainly had a skepticism there. Obviously I've now fallen down that rabbit hole pretty hard, but I feel like one thing that this new medium gave to me that I didn't realize I was missing. I was in such a place of um, just trying to achieve things and be such a hard worker and be so just being so consumed by the work that I was doing and and wanting to accomplish so much. And I realized I wasn't listening to music as much as like a form of personal therapy for myself as I had until I was like, oh my God, I forgot about that song and someone just made a reel or a TikTok with it. So like I've been really intentionally like listening to way more music than I was before. Um, And the other thing that I think has probably helped is like I got a new car last year. It was a little gift to myself and like it's all hooked up now so I can listen to music in my car whenever I want. My car before that was very old and did not have the full support that I needed to be able to enjoy some tunes on, you know, joyride or anything like that but certainly music is definitely one of those things that keeps me creative um, and just keeps me energized and, and happy and and just joyful so I would say that's one way to help kind of boost my creativity the other that I've really been embracing I've done it off and on but I've been really trying to embrace especially with more time for myself and being able to choose what my schedule is going to look like every single day is journaling um, and I don't do it every single day but I usually try to at least once a week sit down with my journal and kind of like process thoughts of whatever has happened in that past week because for me I definitely know and I'm sure this can be true for a lot of people like when I have heavy thoughts or heavy things that I'm thinking about or processing or trying to heal from or whatever it might be that can be a severe creative block to me so I kind of need to take that time to kind of just like get it all out on paper and release those things and kind of work through my thoughts on them in order to kind of give myself to kind of re 
refill my cup of creativity is I guess the best way to say it. Um, And then I guess the third one would be spending time with my people. I think the pandemic was so hard for me because I wasn't able, you know, every one of us was not able to socialize the same way that we were before. And being able to slowly but surely start being able to socialize with people again has just made me realize how much I value that. Um, I just get so much joy from being around other people, from hearing their thoughts on things. Um, I have two friends that I'm going to see later tonight for a concert that I used to work with at the library that I don't get to see as often anymore. And I just love being around them because their ways of thinking about things and their sense of humor or the things that they recommend that they've seen recently are just so invaluable to me. And it just is, it, I think it's important to constantly be exposing ourselves to other people's thoughts and opinions on stuff, especially people that obviously you respect and, and you admire. So I would say those three things are constantly reinvigorating me as a creative and helping me restore my creative energy. Are you going to the Elton John concert? I am. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so jealous. I'm so excited. <laughs> we were supposed to go in 2020 and then yeah, obviously it got my, postponed. My like, good friend, Margot, she is in the same position. She said she forgot about the, the concert. Oh no. Because she had booked one even before. I, I don't know. It was like so so long ago and her friend who doesn't live here like texted her and she's like hey sorry I'm not gonna be able to make it down in two weeks like I think you're gonna have to take your mom and she's like to what and she's like, <laughs> the Elton John concert and I was like oh my god you should have taken me but it is a very nice Mother's Day gift so I get it yeah. um but yeah that's gonna be an amazing concert I've never that. seen him in concert before so I'm really excited and my friend who I'm going with um is a huge Elton John concert or a fan like he's been to so many of his concerts his dog is named Bernie Taupin so I mean he's awesome what other music are you listening yeah, I was gonna say what are you listening to that was gonna be my I, wish, I just I want to say like I get a vibe that you're listening to 90s music and I just that, yeah, no, that is definitely true. So okay. a little earlier, I was listening to a bunch of like dance club music because mm-hmm. I was doing a workout this morning and that, and it was cardio. So I was like, I need something that's going to give me all the energy. Mm-hmm. But I was just talking about this on Instagram last week. So I certainly love 90s music. I was born in 1990. I'm a child of the 90s, um, early 2000s music, certainly as well. But I have been on such a Harry Styles kick the last like week. And it's I'm very strange it. because I've never been into Harry Styles, oh, really? but like, like, yeah, like I like he's fine. I've I've never had any kind of objections to his music, but I've never really spent any great amount of time listening to his music. And this is gonna sound so silly and I'm gonna embarrass myself, but I just watched the most recent season of Bridgerton. Yeah, and so, so one so, of yeah. Who are you talking so about? One, I'm like the most like cringy basic person so you cannot <laughs> embarrass yourself here <laughs> so um there's like a cover of one of of his sign of the times and I was like wow that was yeah. really nice like I, I I hadn't heard it so I was like well I'm just gonna go down this rabbit hole and start listening to some Harry Styles and yeah every basically every day this week when I picked up my son from school we've listened to some Harry Styles on the way home because he's also a huge fan of watermelon sugar and adore me and like some of his oh popular yeah songs. yeah same so, kid my yeah. kid as well <laughs> yeah no definitely that's been um on on playlists like on repeat and then um i so it's interesting i'm not spending a lot of time discovering new music on my own but things i've been watching have been informing what i've been listening to so before bridgerton i had recently finished euphoria i'd never mm-hmm. seen it uh, earlier this year so bless. i've been listening to a lot of labyrinth also. yes wow. yeah. and like 
wasn't familiar with his music whatsoever. And and yeah, I, so I've been discovering a lot of new music out of TV and being very intentional about that, like making myself step outside of what I normally listen to, because if it was up to me, like, like it was last year on my Spotify wrapped, it would be Beyonce's homecoming live album as my top album of the year yet again this year. Um, so I'm like trying to push myself to listen to other things. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been listening to lately. Yeah, I am the same. Like I like listen to whatever I end up hearing on TV or in movies, even in like reels and TikToks. I'll hear yeah. something like, what's that song? And it's funny because I have a friend who I always like say that he's Gen Z, but he's always like, I am the youngest generation. He is. <laughs> I'm always just like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm always like, you're Gen Z. But anyways, like he'll make me playlists and stuff. And that is super helpful because I'm like, you're a youth. So like, Show me what the youths are. Yeah, not, yeah. Not everything the youths are listening to, but like some of it. I want to hear some of it. But I also am a Harry Styles like fan as well. And I definitely will be seeing Harry Styles whenever he is in town next because yeah, I, I, he was here just recently and I was like, I wanted to go, but I, I was still a little nervous. I was like, I'm just not ready yet. But I think now I'm I'm ready to go. Well, like, I didn't realize he was in town. And I happened to mention to my husband, I'm like, yeah, we've been listening to a lot of Harry Styles. And he's like, oh, my, my he has one of his friends was like, oh, so-and-so texted me about that and, and said like, oh, do you want to go to the concert? Because he was going with his wife. And I was like, what? This was like weeks ago. And you didn't tell me that you got a text asking if you wanted to go to the Harry right? Styles concert. Like, <laughs> even if I wasn't a fan like I am now. The answer is still later, yes. Yeah, like I just yeah. want to go. I want to go to a concert. I was like, lesson learned. We've been together for 10 years. If anyone asks you to go to a concert, like you run it by me first. Don't just decline. Go. Like that's not yeah. a thing. <laughs> well, and they actually, I found out after that they actually at that particular concert, they actually checked, they checked for vaccine cards and everybody's wore masks as well. So oh, that's awesome. That made me yeah. feel like better about it. I was like, okay, maybe I would have gone. But like, I, I didn't have enough time to like think or process it. But I'm like, next time he's here, I'm going, I think that that's like, for me, one of the things that the pandemic really, because I am a concert person. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I'm, I'm a hardcore introvert, but like, I will be the first person in line at a concert. And then I will like sit on the ground for five hours. Like, <laughs> I know it's not for everybody, but like, I just love whatever I have to do to like do live music. And I love also seeing people. My favorite is seeing people before they're huge. So like, yeah. for example, I saw Bruno Mars at like House of Blues in like a small setting oh, right before awesome. he like, you know, he was, he was popular. Grenade was out. Like he had like three songs out, but he wasn't like where he is now where he only does like stadium tours, you know? Right. So I love seeing people trying to be like, okay, this person's going to be like a big time star. I want to see them in this like smaller setting. Um, So yeah, I really, really miss concerts. And I think like probably whenever numbers look, you know, like they've dropped enough, I'm just going to buy literally all the concert tickets (laughs) and see everything. Like I want to see everyone. I will definitely see Elton John if he comes back. He has been doing a farewell tour for like, (laughs) forever yeah (laughs) like so i will you know we'll see like like at first i was like oh no i'll never be able to see him because it's farewell tour and then i'm like he's been doing it and he also will be like at first he was like i'm not coming from the pandemic but then like he also will just be like i'm not coming because i don't feel like it which oh yes that's a hundred percent yeah i think he does elton john so like i respect it um, I also need the Spice Girls to do a, a re- another yes. concert, like stateside because yeah, I'm I, I will I will literally spend such a ridiculous like I would like trade in 
my car and go hello <laughs> VIP for the Spice Girls and have my husband be like, what the heck is going on? Because yeah, I'm I'm definitely a music stan. Yeah, I agree. Hardcore, hardcore. <clears throat> so video has been just really, really important for social media, especially the last few years. It's getting bigger and bigger. It's clearly not going anywhere. So what advice do you have for those that are looking to get into video, but are just like a little intimidated to get started because it can be overwhelming at first? Yeah. So this is definitely a relatable struggle for me. I remember when I first started doing social media, that was kind of when Facebook was really pushing for video to be a thing on Facebook. And it was overwhelming and intimidating for me because I was like, well, I know how to take great photos. I know how to direct great photos. I know how to write awesome captions. Like I can do all those things, but producing a video is definitely out of my comfort zone. Um, And so I started with the mantra of like, I'm just going to try this. And some of it is probably going to be terrible, but I just need to to get my feet wet. Um, So I would certainly encourage you to kind of just get past that initial fear and know that everything you do for the first time or that you're trying out for the first time is going to be intimidating. You might fumble a little bit along the way, but ultimately you'll get better with practice. When I first started producing videos for my YouTube channel, they were overly long. Like I talked way too much and and I've certainly learned how to be a better video producer um, and creator since, since creating all that content several years ago. But like I said, with practice, I've gotten better. So you just kind of have to get started. That's the first thing. The second thing that I always encourage people to do is start with an outline. So if you're creating a reel or if you're filming a video for YouTube or whatever it might look like, start with an outline to kind of give yourself a guidepost of what you're going to be doing. Um, Certainly for reels, if there's a specific kind of audio that you're going to be using or or TikTok or something like that, you know, know what that is and have that plan. Also, if there are certain transitions or beats or like parts in the song that you have to hit, you know, be mindful of making sure that you capture enough video to make sure that you can have those smooth and, and, and capturing the marks on where you want them to be. And really, like I said, give yourself that kind of outline of how you're going to get through the content. Same thing, you know, on a larger scale with YouTube, it can be intimidating to get in front of the camera, especially if you're doing something where you're literally the face on the camera instead of most of my videos, which are typically overhead as, you know, it's my hand showing different planner things. Um, If you're going to be on camera, you don't want to just ramble. Obviously you can and and edit, but it's also nicer when you have an idea of, okay, Mm -hmm. what is this video going to be about? What are the five points that I need to hit about this particular topic or whatever it is that I'm going to be talking about. So like I said, kind of get past that fear is the first part. And then the second part is help yourself out by giving yourself that outline. So you just don't get in front of the camera and you're like, oh crap, I don't know what to do. And now you're a deer in the headlights kind of thing. So um, that's what's worked for me. Um, I also, if you're on Instagram and certainly if you're someone who's looking to get past your fears of video, um, one of the people whose course I'm in right now. She's my coach um, at Shine with Natasha on Instagram. I highly recommend her. So much of what she um, strives to do is to make people feel comfortable and accessible um, on video and help them get past those fears. So I highly encourage you to check her out if you are interested in learning more and getting started in video. I will definitely have a link to her information in the show notes because I think people struggle with the idea of production. Either they don't know what goes into it and then they're overwhelmed or they know what's (laughs) what you have to do and they're overwhelmed and they just don't start i fall into the second category because i'd rather pull my eyelashes out um but (laughs) you having a plan is is very helpful and like we said about being able to if you plan it correctly it can be a great experience and then if you enjoy it you can do it again if you don't enjoy it 
you hire someone because you have to produce yes. videos for social media. Unfortunately, that's just the name of the game. Yes. So uh, definitely agree 100% with what you said and highlighting some of those notes. But you do an, an excellent job. I know you're not like a videographer by trade. That's not what you probably went to college for, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure in high school you were not like, um, one day I'm going to have a phone with a camera on it and no, then start I was, the videos. <laughs> I was a student that I, like, given what my career track ended up being, I kind of messed up. I didn't take video production in high school, though I probably should have. Instead, I took history of film, which I loved, by the way. I got an A in that class because I enjoyed it so much. But I probably should have taken video production and I didn't. So I, I had to learn so much on the fly in my job. And that's certainly one thing that I had a different experience. It accelerated my learning curve. I didn't have time to be shy and, and have time to kind of like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I just had to do it. Um, And so definitely there is a place in time for you to just, like I said, kind of just force yourself to do things. Um, Also, you mentioned production, like production can be very involved and it can be very intimidating, but also it doesn't have to be like, I started out filming all of my videos on my iPhone. And to be honest, even though I have a professional camera now for some of the things that I do, especially most of the stuff I do on Instagram, I'm using my iPhone. It doesn't have to be yep. complicated. Get a decent yep. tripod, get a decent, you know, stabilizer. You can get something pretty uh, cheap. I've got one off of Amazon. It doesn't have to be super complicated. If you've got a phone that is within the last two to three years quality, the camera is amazing and you really don't have that much to worry about. Yeah, 100%. I actually, like when I was a still photographer, uh, one of the side gig type of things that I would do is I would film video for people who were auditioning for different roles. So we have a lot of people in the Orlando area who end up moving to New York and moving to LA to do like TV work and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I just kind of like underground, like did it for one person and underground became known for it. So I would just have random people come over and I had a space set up in my office where I could just film video impromptu and like whatever. And so I learned that like skill set. But yet I don't use it really if I'm making like videos for things because typically like the phone quality is 100% good enough. Then you don't have to worry about bringing a camera around with you or, or buying a camera if you're not going to be using it outside of that. And honestly, like nine times out of 10, like the quality is going to be, you know, unless you're unless your whole thing is that you're trying to make like cinematic, like gorgeous, stunning video, you know, obviously that's different. But if you're like sharing information and giving valuable information and that's what, you know, your, your situation is about or you're, you know, promoting something or whatever, like typically you're not going to need it to look like a Oscar worthy film, you know what exactly. I mean? And I think a lot of people, especially like if you do have any background in create cr anything creative, sometimes like creative people, we can be so hard on ourselves and we're like, oh my God, well, it doesn't look like you know, it'd be Oscar nominated. Therefore, like I cannot post it. And it's like, honestly, like it's, it's social media. People want it to be organic. They want it to be sometimes mm -hmm. in the moment, that sort of thing. Obviously I think like it can be different when you're on YouTube because like a lot of times people watch YouTube like on their TV. So sometimes like a investing in like a bit of a better camera can really help with that, but it doesn't need to be necessarily the most expensive camera on the market. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I very much agree with that. Yeah, you don't need a red camera to do YouTube videos <laughs> like you can, and there are YouTubers who do, but to start off, you definitely don't. And also a thing that is very interesting is that like commercials have gone to the side of like self of I don't know if you've seen this or like TV commercials are like recorded with iPhones. Um, not the ones that are like purposely by Apple or Google, but I mean like actual other products post 
kind of crappy quality <laughs> TV commercials um, that go through like digital streaming media. I don't have an actual, like I, I don't use my cable box, but I see a lot of Hulu commercials that are like randomly, you can tell they were recorded with the phone. And it's so interesting how quality of things the the is changed for consumers and depending on the industry you are you really don't have to be as artistic the same thing with graphic design graphic design right now is probably at some of the lowest quality (laughs) (laughs) uh it's been uh considering standard wise in terms of like people just doing stuff and making money and it works because consumers are like "It, it is what it is and that's kind of the audience they are so it's very interesting that you can get away with the tools that you have until you need to upgrade. And then when you upgrade, you can't, you don't have to, you don't need to be, you know, Steven Spielberg to do a YouTube video about the day in your life. <laughs> oh yeah, cool. no, not at all. I, I started filming my plan with me's with my iPhone. Like I, I did invest in a pretty nice, like overhead tripod, but I was like, that's where I'm going to invest my money. I'm just going to use the phone that I already have. And it was great. And then after a year of consistently doing YouTube, I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a nicer camera. Um, I still have that same tripod and I still bring it out quite often and, and it's great, but it, it's not where I, I started very humble, you know what I mean? And grew up to where I am now. Um, but even still, like I said, especially for things like reels and TikToks, like, and then especially more so on TikTok than Instagram, certainly Instagram has like a certain amount of quality and aesthetic and curation that people expect. But on TikTok, no one's, no one's expecting people are always like, what? Like, it looks like an ad if you do something that is mm-hmm. quite well produced, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just reading an article about like, you know, that it can be super beneficial, obviously, to create some stuff for reels, you know, and then some stuff for TikTok and not necessarily mm-hmm. overlap everything. And, you know, that's a huge reason why, because Instagram is like a little more curated, mm-hmm. whereas like TikTok is just, it's just wild. It's the wild west out there. <laughs> not like it's not a curated situation. And of course, like sometimes you'll have like uh, those travel photographers that will take like videos on the edge of a mountain or whatever. But um, yeah, typically it's not like super curated the way Instagram is. It's like a very different, yeah. yeah, People will be looking at it like, this is very professional. Why is it so professional? Like it's typically the stuff that does well is somebody's like, has like the screen behind them of like something they're talking about and then the floating head. Like that's what you see. (laughs) The the cringy green screen, yeah. Oh boy. I am not the audience for TikTok. Um, <laughs> my spirit is perturbed by those videos a lot of the time. Um, so we cannot have Cynthia of Cynthia Plans on our podcast and not talk about planners. So we are shifting gears from social media and getting into it. what the planner girls want to know. What are your favorite planner brands? What stickers are you buying? What like monthly sets are you doing? And what pins are you using right now? Yeah, so obviously that's my jam. I jam on my planner every week. Um, so for me, the the kind of journey that I've had with planners has evolved quite a bit. So when I first started in the community, it was interesting. The trend at the time was, you know, Erin Condren planners mm-hmm. with a lot of stickers and washing oh, yeah. and everything like that. And I definitely feel like as the community has grown larger, there's been more perspectives and more styles that have also kind of come and been a part of the community as well, especially with the, you know, advent of Instagram becoming a much larger thing than it was when I first started in the community several years ago. When I first started, most of us were on Facebook and then Instagram became more popular. And so all of us started moving to Instagram. And it's funny because I feel like I never go on Facebook for planner stuff. If I want planner stuff, I'll go on Instagram, YouTube, or TikTok. Um, So certainly my planning style has grown to be a lot more 
I don't want to say minimalist because I feel like that's a misnomer, but a lot more simple um, and a lot more um, just simple design and just, I don't know, I feel like a little bit more sophisticated than I first started out. So for me, the two brands that I have been swearing by in the last, I guess, about two years um, are Notique and Cloth and Paper, and they're both Black-owned, women-owned brands whom I love dearly. Um, Both offer agendas, notebook covers. So this is certainly, these are brands that you're going to want to shop from if you're using a ring planner or a disc planner, or you're using a notebook and you want like a fancier cover for it. Um, So if that's not your jam, obviously there are so many other types of planners out there, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. I love the flexibility of ring and disc systems because I'm the kind of person that likes to be able to take inserts in and out and likes to be able to add a section to my ring planner that maybe I didn't have before. So my ring planner has everything from my monthly section and my weekly section, which are obviously my bread and butter of keeping me on track with all that's going on in my life. All the way to, I have a gratitude section. I have like a self-care section where I've got journaling um, inserts in it. Then I've got some other sections with like more miscellaneous inserts. So like a perpetual calendar insert so I can make sure I'm keeping track of everybody's birthdays and anniversaries and stuff like that. And that informs what I put in my monthly section. But most planners don't come that customizable if they're coming on a um, coil or on um, over rings or something like that. So I love to be able to have my ring and my disc system to kind of set it up however I choose and change out my inserts if I'm like, eh, I'm kind of a little bit more busy these days. So I don't really have enough room in a week on one page insert. So I need to start going to dailies because I'm just, I've got a lot of excuse me, going on on a daily basis. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And then as far as inserts go, I love the inserts from Cloth and Paper. They're very classic, very sophisticated, very simple design um, that for me just helps me be more functional and productive. And then also um, Infinite Lotus is another brand that I use quite a bit. And certainly if you go to my Instagram, I try to tag everything that I'm using so you can go check them out and and see what kinds of inserts and whatever setups I'm using them in at the time. Oh, I love that. And I gotta love that, you know, you're supporting black owned businesses as well, because I know that like, it's been a harder journey for like a lot of black owned businesses in the planner space. Um, A lot of them are finally getting their due. So like, I love to see that. I also like, I stopped using a planner for like, I don't know, a month and like my whole life fell apart. (laughs) 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 Like I literally was like, who am I? Like I couldn't get to anything on time. Couldn't do anything. I was like, I don't know how people do this. The reason that I tried is because it's like, I had moved, I had gone through, you know, this panorama, I had gone through depression, like deep depression. And mm-hmm. I, oh, I'm always going through anxiety. And so I was just like, let me just try something different. We'll just like switch it up. And we'll just like do like a month planner list and just like see how it goes. And it didn't go great. So <laughs> I, I know a lot of people like wonder like if they should still if like if, if they're doing the planner thing, and they're like, maybe some sometimes I think it can get overwhelming for people. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. And so you know, if they're wondering if the choice is to go not planner list, personally, I would say it's not the choice, I would just say simplify your planner routine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to be honest, there are some weeks where I I can't use my planner because I'm just too busy. So another thing that I love to use are list pads, um, especially if they have a layout where it's like a daily layout. There's um, one from the day designer that I try to use quite a bit if I know I've got a lot on my plate. So obviously I've got my weekly spread and my um, actual day-to-day planner, which kind of gives me that bird's eye view for all that I have going on during the week. But like, I don't get to necessarily make lists for the day with the weekly um, layout because it's obviously 
obviously focused on the week. So to support me and making sure that I'm staying accountable on the things that I need to get accomplished every day, like make sure I do the laundry today and make sure that, you know, I call my son's dentist or whatever it might be. I'll use a list pad or sometimes it's just a post-it note. I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest. Sometimes it's not super fancy, but things like that can support you when you do get busy. So certainly while it may look from the outside, because obviously I'm sharing when I am using my planner, there are some seasons where I just get really busy and uh, an actual planner can, like you said, can be overwhelming and can be quite cumbersome. So as long as you have something that's keeping you accountable and you know, for me, like I mentioned earlier, I'm using ClickUp in my business. Like that's sometimes a place where I've had to go to be like, okay, I can't actually track all that I need to get done for this thing with a planner because it's just too massive. So I'm just going to brain dump everything, every small task that needs to get done and click up under a certain group or a certain folder that's relevant to my life. And, and sometimes that's just how it is and that's okay. I love a good list too. Cause something that I'll do is like, if my planner is overwhelming me, um, just like if you just have like a real busy week or whatever, you know, coming ahead, I will like still use it, but use it to form the list and then close the planner, like put the planner away for a little bit and just work off the list. Cause sometimes it's yes. just less overwhelming, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's something that I've had to learn to do because I used to be the type, like, especially in my early days of business, I had my, you know, day designer out every day and I had every 30 minutes mapped out. <laughs> and this is just like how I lived my life. Like, like every 30 minutes I had to know what I was doing. I would write down like brush teeth, you know what I mean? Like I was yeah. like that, like over the top about this stuff. Um, and I had to have my planner out with me like at all times. And now I'm like, okay, like maybe we don't need to like write down every 30 minutes. Like you can just kind of put like block this time for this and you know what I mean like it doesn't need to be written out every little detail of everything you do um but it's still good for me to have it there because I just I don't know how people are adulting without (laughs) like it's it's my manual for adulting is the way that I think about it I'm like how do I need to adult and then I I plan it all out so that I can actually show up yeah, no, I, I feel like that's a really relatable thing. And I think so many people are like, but why can't you just use Google Calendar? And it's like I said, like like I do, I do use it. But for me, first of all, I and Angelica, I'm sure you can probably relate. Like ever since having a kid, like it's so hard for me to remember stuff. Like I've got to remember everything that I've got going on for this other human that I'm responsible for. Right. Plus all the things that I have. In you there. are like, his in life, ex- your yeah. executive assistant for your child. <laughs> exactly. old enough to manage themselves. Exactly. Like I've got to remember a whole other person's social security number and birthday and like, you know, quirks and all that kind of stuff and what their schedule is on top of mine. So like, I just, yeah, like my brain is just not what it used to be. Like it's being asked to do so much. Like I joke with my husband that I feel like my brain is like an iPhone sometimes and I'm like, I'm at 127 yeah. of 128 gigs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that's how I feel some days. So for me, it's like I need to write that stuff down. At least I can get it, like you said, off of off of my brain and just like write it down somewhere so I can start doing things from it. But also too, there's so much research and this is certainly true for me that like writing stuff down helps people retain those things better. It helps with their memory. So for me, that's what it certainly does for me. I've always, since I was a kid, been that person that like if I'm studying for an exam or taking notes or something like that, that's going to help me by writing out flashcards and stuff like that to remember that information better than just thinking I can see it on a screen or I can see it on an app and I'm going to remember. Like Unless it provides me notification. And to be honest, sometimes even if it does, I'll ignore the notification because I can swipe it away. Like, I'm not going to think about it again. So um, 
I think there can be a place for both things in people's life and it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. And certainly if you're a person that remembers things better once you write them down, then maybe you should also think about having a planner for your life. (laughs) Straight up. I am coming from the Wild West right now. Let me tell you about the way that I overuse my brain. And if I accidentally get a concussion, it's all downhill. I (laughs) messed up. Mostly everything right now. I was, we were moving. And so I had everything that we were moving in ClickUp because that is for people, like you said, if you don't have time for to hold on to a planner with boxes, and this is something yeah. I learned real quick after we moved for the first time, after we had lived somewhere for seven years, and we moved, and I was like, oh, this is dumb writing things on paper. <laughs> and so I have a moving system template in ClickUp. If anybody ever needs it, let me know about all the things you need to move, like turning off uh, utilities, starting new accounts, all that stuff in ClickUp. And so from there because we moved I was like and it was the end it was December and I was like oh I'll just get a new rifle planner because that's the planner of my choice and my spirit and my love and my heart um didn't get one I said buy it (laughs) didn't whatever and so I've been putting everything in either ClickUp or my calendars I have five different calendars from different systems I have like 10 Google calendars (laughs) that all sync up I have David's calendar I have my daughter's calendar I have her calendar from her school app synced into our Google calendar I have a volleyball calendar from their app synced into my Google calendar I have color-coded systems right now Mm -hmm. I physically couldn't even sit down with the planner to do that so I love that the power of technology is doing that for me (laughs) because I would it would take me hours to connect all that stuff. Like I get a birthday party invite, which we always get like a text or a super piece of paper or whatever from classes. Just drop it in a Google calendar. I don't have to look at this piece of paper again. I don't want to lose. Like we had a birthday party this past weekend. I was like, I don't need to figure out. I can put the address in. So when I get in the car, I can just click the GPS and it yeah. takes me to where I want to go. But it all comes from being a person who knows how to write things down and being detail oriented. Mm-hmm. Because I am that person. I have a I am a PMP without having PMP certification. <laughs> that is my life. That is how I manage my clients. That is, I am everyone's project manager. Yeah. So if you don't have that skill set built built in, get a planner. Like you can't do it. And like I'm just telling you now, you will not do it. You're not detail oriented enough. It is nothing wrong with you. That's not the way your brain needs to work. You're not a robot. You need to go to sleep. You don't need to be me. Get a planner, a simple one, just to start. And like you said, even as far as like a list, I think if you start out with even just that list every day of getting your post-it note, putting on, I see a lot of people do this for their day-to-day, getting a post-it note, putting on their laptop, and then writing their like top three tags. Like yes. getting into the habit of doing that really sets you up for success because there are so many adults who are hot messes. <laughs> Our friends, our family members, our parents probably, uh, who don't know what they're doing, who are running off vibes, who uh, have a chalkboard that they used to write things on when they had kids. They don't have kids anymore in the house. Like, there are so many ways for you to get organized in 2022. So I think if you don't know what you're doing, if you are overwhelmed, if you are concerned, you're not sure, Cynthia has resources and I will, yeah, and I'll point you in the right direction of things that maybe I'm not using, but I know other people are using successfully. One of the things that I love about having been in the planner community for so many years, I basically got into it right after having my son because I was like, 
I don't know what to do. I'm so overwhelmed. And so I found this community online is that I'm so well connected with other people that have mm-hmm. completely different planning styles, but I learned so much about how they organize their days and how they maintain levels of productivity and everything through observing how they use their planners. And something that's becoming certainly more popular um, is digital planning. And for yes. folks that are a little bit unfamiliar with it, it's basically like the same design that you know the planner company sends to the manufacturer to manufacture a physical planner. You can use that in a digital form mm-hmm. in a PDF or you know, right. there's different kinds of files that people use. Um, and so you can use GoodNotes, you can use all kinds of different apps to be able to support that. So I actually even though I'm a paper planner, I've been planning um, some of my like more wellness focused um, goals and and day-to-day like uh, objectives, I guess I would call them like of what I'm going to eat every day and like my workouts that I'm going to be trying to make sure that I get on my schedule. I've been doing that with a digital planner because it's just easier and like I don't have to copy and paste. Like I'm the kind of person that when I'm being very intentional about my meal plans with the exception of dinner, basically every other meal of the day can be the same thing every single day of that week. Like I don't need to make it fancy. So like instead of writing that I'm going to have like some eggs and a tortilla and some salsa or something like that for breakfast five days on my planner. I can just copy and paste it and save mm-hmm. myself that time, you know? So there's so many different ways you can keep yourself productive and organized. And if you don't know where to get started, just hit me up and I'll, I'll show you the ways. I love it. So, okay. Between your blog and your website and all of your social media, there's actually a ton of great career advice, like just that you're putting all over the internet. And I have definitely did my fair share of screenshotting stuff from everywhere <laughs> that you put stuff out on the internet. Um, so it's it's I know it's going to be hard to pick one, but what is the best career advice that you have received that you can share with us today? So um, it's interesting because you brought this up and I did a post about this right after I left the library because I was so like raw from that experience and not in like just the bad ways, like in the good of like, I, I got so much out of that experience. So even though there were certainly some things that were challenging and I definitely was overworked and got burnt out and everything like that. Um, there's just so much that I took away from that situation in, in different ways that it hit me. Um, so I do have this post up on my Instagram and I'm pretty sure it's on my blog still too. Um, it's like 10 pieces of career advice that I learned after working at a place for 10 years. And there's definitely a lot of bits that I would recommend in there depending on where you're at in your career or whatever you need to um, take away whatever you know message resonates with you but since we've been talking so much about creativity here I feel like one that really resonates um, given this conversation is that creativity is an exhaustible resource um, and because I know that there's so many creative people who are listening to this podcast I want to remind you all of that you know we were talking earlier about ways that I tried to pour into myself again to kind of reinvigorate my creativity and kind of eliminate things that can lead to those creative blocks is is knowing and being intentional with what you're spending your time on and how you're spending your time and really only focusing on the things that bring you joy. There's so much noise out there about you should be doing this to grow your business or you should be doing this if you're a creative person, but really... you, no one knows yourself better than you, you know, and and if what this person is saying doesn't resonate with you because they're just a guru who's trying to make a quick TikTok or Instagram to gain more followers and make more money, then just kind of ignore that and, and know that it's not worth burning out your creativity um, or, or killing it. I think we've all probably been in seasons where we're not creative at all. And that's hard. You know what I mean? Like we all feel it and it can contribute to so much anxiety and depression and know that while we have endless talent, we don't always have endless amounts of resources at all times. Um, and so be very protective of that um, in, in an effort to protect yourself as a creative. Oh, I love that so much. Magical. Yeah. 
No, that's so good. I um watched the Viola Davis and Oprah <laughs> an Oprah interview um yesterday that's on Netflix. And so I feel like that this whole sentence would have been an excellent like end cap to the way that Viola told her story and like what she's been through. Uh but she's really she talks so much about being a creative at heart and like the intention behind her work and et cetera. And I don't think you can have that longevity in your career. We can't have the longevities in our careers without protecting that magic and being intentional and finding out when you need to stop. And I think seeing your journey through your career and you getting to a point where you said, okay, I need to stop. I'm going to pivot and do something else that didn't work out. That was not the fit for you either. And you're like, you know what? This is a season of me being intentional. I have the privilege to be able to do it. I'm doing intentional about the work that I want to do so that I can retain my creativity and my sense of self and my mental health and like be better and be a better me and be a better parent and a better partner and a better friend and a better et cetera. And I think as we continue to get out of hustle porn, thank goodness all of these shows are coming out that are exposing all the fang companies and like the trash that's happening behind these big startups that people are now more willing to embrace wellness and a culture of respect and a culture of loving oneself and respecting creatives and understanding that the work they do is actually difficult. Um, It's not, we we make stuff up. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we make stuff up out of nothing. A lot of times we get a spreadsheet and an idea or a paragraph sometimes, and we create commercials, we create ads, we create emails, we create these stories. Um, that help people find the things they need, whether it be in a nonprofit space, whether it be a for-profit space. And so I would like for anyone to take away from this interview, I know we're going long, uh, is just to protect your creativity and know mm-hmm. when to, to pause. Yeah, so. yeah, 100%. Yeah, and if there's one thing we love on this podcast, it is a good pivot in the direction of joy and wellness and creativity and just putting yourself first uh, when it comes to entrepreneurship, because that is the way that you find longevity in all of these entrepreneurial fields, for sure. Totally agree. Absolutely. Well, Cynthia, the time has come for us to wrap it up. So let our listeners know how they can support you online and what are some ways or something that we should look forward to, what should we be watching for your space? Tell us all the things. Yeah. So basically any platform you can find me on is going to be at Cynthia Plans. Um, That's Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, my website, all those things. Made sure that I had the branding on point for all of those different things. Um, but I think you can expect for me, I, I certainly was on a good roll up until I had to play in that event, but you can certainly expect more content from me. I'm definitely trying to make sure that I show up on a more regular basis. Like I said, I don't sell services on you know how to help you develop your social media strategy or develop a plan. Um, I just come from a heart of, I love being on here and I love talking to people about these sorts of things and I love coming on and sharing my tips. So like, just follow me on any of my platforms and that's what I'm going to be sharing. Um, and you can certainly continue to expect more from, from me on that. Certainly more about what I'm doing as far as, like I said, being an emerging entrepreneur, kind of navigating this space because it's so different for me and adjusting my routines with my family, with my personal life, with myself as an individual to make sure that I have room to accomplish all the things that I want to while also being protective of my health, of my creativity and all those sorts of things. So continue to expect more about all those topics for me online on all the places. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Cynthia, for telling us just, I mean, we just got so much information. This is like, I feel like <laughs> I literally am going to be going back through this episode with my pen and paper for sure, because I just feel like we have 
learned so much just about everything, but especially about social media. And I hope that anybody who's been kind of struggling in that space is feeling renewed after listening to this episode, because I know that I personally am. Yes, for sure. Uh, Before we go, Cynthia is also the queen of Prosecco. So Cynthia, (laughs) could you give us your favorite brand of Prosecco so that the girlies can have something to drink to celebrate? (laughs) It's so funny because I've gotten this question before and like, I I don't know if this is a sophisticated answer, but I usually go for Lamarca because that's usually like what's first on the end cap whenever I go into the store. (laughs) And it's funny because I was in Target one time and my sister and I were shopping for drinks and there was a guy looking at this like shelf of Prosecco and other drinks and he was like, what should I get? And I was like, oh, well, this is this and this and that or whatever. He's like, well, what would you get? And I was like, well, this is normally what I buy. And he was like, all right, I'm going to go to my party and bring this and I'm going to tell them that the girl at Target said that this was the one to get. And I was like, I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm sure they're going to love it but also this is my personal preference like i'm not an expert here whatsoever i love it but also if they hate it i take no responsibilities right. <laughs> and you're an expert in everything else so i think that we can t- trust your judgment on it yeah and lamarca is actually pretty good so you're not wrong uh, that's my go-to <laughs> of choice for prosecco things so thank you so much cynthia and thank we are you so excited. awesome thank you <laughs>